Get ready, Avalanche Territory. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans. Denver Sports is your home for the most Avalanche content. Now here's your host, Mike Evans. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Mile High Hockey Podcast. Another hockey season is upon us. Excited, ready to go for what I believe, and I think a lot of you believe, will be a terrific avalanche season. You know, it seems like it's been so long since we last spoke, but, you know, you think about it, you go all the way back, first round of the playoffs to Seattle, and I guess I I got a little moment of levity here because I was one that was really bullish on the avalanche going into the playoffs last year. Thought that they had finished the season well and had picked up some momentum and were ready to go. And so I really was kind of blowing off the Kraken, right? And even as the series started to go deeper and the Avs were in more and more trouble, my concern meter went up a little bit, but uh, I, I need to joke that now I'm officially panicking, okay? I'm officially panicking when it comes to the Avs and the Kraken. I'm really worried about them winning this series. So uh, all kidding aside, you know, I, I think that there's some advantages to to what happened to the, to the Avs. Maybe... It's one of those things where the all-or-nothing nature maybe is is something to look at here as a positive. So, yeah, the Avalanche didn't win the Stanley Cup. They didn't repeat. They didn't even come close. They got knocked out in the first round. But you know what? I think that if, if you can't win at all, I almost prefer to get beat in the first round. Get beat early like they did. It serves two purposes. One... You're going to have a much longer offseason. You're going to have much more time to heal. Those injuries are going to have more time. You're just going to have more opportunities to recharge. And especially for an Avs team coming off a Stanley Cup run with such a short summer, jumping right back into it, I think that showed its effects on the Avs as they went about their business of trying to repeat. So there, there's one factor there. The other two is that I think it just gives you more of an opportunity to renew and regain that hunger that maybe was tough to match in that season that you were trying to repeat. So to go on the first round, much longer off season, more opportunities to kind of regain that hunger. We'll see how it plays out this season for, for the Avs. Let, let, let's talk about what is the undeniable strength of this hockey team. That is their core. And I will put the Avs core up against anybody's in the NHL. Bring it on. Whatever other team you want to talk about that you think their core is better than one that will uh, feature, if you're talking about the Avs, and you're talking about McKinnon, you're talking about Rantanen, you're talking about McCarr, uh, Taves, Val Nachuskin, th- that is a core that, you know, I-, I think is the envy of the NHL. So you start right there. And boy, what a great place to start from, right? You always talk about for every, any team, any sport, what kind of core do you have? And I think when you look at the Avalanche, you have the best core in hockey. But as we learned last year, It's not just the core, right? It's what you put around the core. And I think that, to me, is the central question about this team and their chances of winning another Stanley Cup. They're second in three years. The core is the core. You can rely upon that, assuming they're healthy, right? What do you do? What do you build around it? Here's what I know. When the Avalanche won their Cup, 
They had Nazem Kadri as their second-line center. They had Gabe Landeskog. They don't have either for this upcoming season. Last year, we saw them try to build around their core with mixed results. You know, the JT Confers of the world, the uh, Evan Rodriguez's of the world. They, they tried to find a mix that didn't really work, okay? Now you come to this season, and we're trying to find a mix again. New faces, a lot of new faces. And how do these guys perform? If you take the core of this hockey team as a given— then to me, the X factor for this team winning another Stanley Cup is what do you get from your supporting cast? So you look at Jonathan Druin and you think, okay, does after some lean years in Montreal being reunited with Nathan McKinnon from their um, junior hockey league, uh, junior hockey days, they had an undeniable chemistry. They're going to have a chance to play on the same line together. They already showed some of that chemistry that is uh, is still there uh, that they showed during the preseason. So you've got Jonathan Druin. What does he bring? Uh, Ryan Johansson. Uh, I, I thought all last year, the biggest question for the Avs was, how are you going to replace Nazem Kadri? What was that second-line center going to look like? And the idea was... We're not going to bring back Kadri. We're going to give some other players a chance to step up, be given more responsibility, an expanded role. Let's see what they do. Well, the Comfers, the New Hooks, the uh, Rodriguez's of the world didn't step up and take advantage of it. I thought, I hoped, that once it became clear that that second-line center was going to be an option going into the playoffs, that they would have made a move and had been aggressive, maybe make a trade. I was talking about a guy like Ryan O'Reilly would be, would have been perfect. That never happened. That never came to fruition. So, step forward, Ryan Johansson. Now it's your chance to assume and get that first crack at that 2C role. This is this is interesting because this is something the Avalanche tried last year, and they're trying again this year. They're bringing in guys that they're hoping that they can recapture their game, uh, get back to a level that they were at once at one point in their career, not too long ago. In the case of Johansson, just a couple of years ago, they're counting on the fact that players will be able to overachieve or at least reach a level with the abs that they haven't somewhere else or they haven't in some time. We'll see if that works. Uh, it, like I said, it worked with mixed results last year. They're counting on it happening this year. And a guy like Johansson will be interesting to see. There's no doubt this guy's a, been a, a ter- terrific player, productive player, but it's always to me. And I talk about this a lot of times with NFL free agency, for, for example, it always gives me some pause that the team that knows you the best is prepared to move on from you. And in the case of Nashville, not only were they prepared to move on from a guy that they had known for several years, but they were willing to eat some of the money on his contract. That to me is a bit of a red flag. Now, the Avs are hoping, almost kind of like Val Nachuskin style, a guy who never really took off in Dallas. They bring him here. He obviously goes to that next level. That's what they're counting on to have Johansson and Druin for that uh, case as well be able to get back to uh, a level that they've been at before. Also, you you, you got the, the likes of a Ross Colton. Same thing, somebody that they're bringing over from Tampa that they believe uh, has another gear to their game, is ready to really take their game to another level, and they're counting on that happening here. So it's it, it's 
a question mark. It's an issue, but it's it's a, a league. It's a question, obviously, that most teams around the NHL would be love to have. They'd be envious of the Avs because they'd love to be in that position where we have such a rock-solid core that we know is the best or one of the best in the NHL. The big question for us to win a Stanley Cup is how do we surround that core? There are plenty of teams around the NHL who are like, hey, Listen, talk about first world problems. We'd love to have the issues the Avalanche are dealing with. But here, when it is really Stanley Cup or bust for the Avs, then you you look at it differently. You're not just one of those other teams in the NHL that's trying to make the playoffs or trying to win a playoff series or two. These are the Avs, right? I mean, we're, we're talking about the idea of winning a cup. So we set the bar a little bit higher. And so a question mark of what are you going to get around your core you start paying a little bit closer attention to it with the Avs than you would uh, a lot of other teams. Uh, I love where the Avs are on defense. They're loaded. They're stocked. They're stacked. Uh, in goal with Georgiev, I, I liked what I saw from Georgiev last last year. I think that there was, um, or and going into the season, you could probably find some hockey fans, uh, some NHL experts, maybe even some Avs fans, where there's a, a split debate about Georgiev. You know, I, I I liked what I saw from him last year. I think uh, a second year here, more comfortable. I think he'll be even better. And in the back of my mind is, hey, they won a Stanley Cup a couple of years ago with Darcy Kemper and Pavel Fransos. And, you know, the goaltending there was uh, among the worst of all the goaltenders in the playoffs that year. So uh, I, I feel pretty strongly about where they are in goal. Jared Bednar is the coach. Uh, again, perfect coach for this team. So there there really aren't a, a ton of red flag issues with this team. And right before I started this podcast, I just checked out uh, the, the, the odds, the Stanley Cup odds, and nothing's changed. The Avalanche continue to be the Stanley Cup favorite. So even with some of the questions, you know, are they going to be able to solidify that second line center role? Uh, what are they going to do uh, now that Gabe Landeskog is not going to be out for or not going to be able to play uh, for the season? Maybe talk a little bit about that, the the loss of, of Landeskog and how that's going to be felt. It is, um, it, it is a testament to Landeskog, but I think it's also just kind of a testament in general to hockey, the role of the captain and how much... Uh, importance is placed on who wears the C in hockey. You look at the other sports, and yeah, the other sports have captains, but in no other sport is it like hockey where who wears the C is so important, and it's, it's scrutinized as much as it is than hockey. And Without Gabe Landeskog, you're you're talking about somebody who, terrific player, great player, but but somebody who really, really embodies uh, what a captain in hockey is all about. And not having his presence, I know he said before the season began that, uh, you know, he's going to be around the team and everything. That's great. Look, I'm not minimizing. I'm not saying, hey, stay away. I'm just saying that, you know, that that leadership that a guy can bring I've talked to plenty of, of ex-athletes um, in, in all sports, and they've said, boy, it's just tough to make that impact when you're not playing. And it's it's tough to be that hands-on leader when you're not playing. 
But if anybody can pull it off, I think it's uh, it's Gabe Landeskog. So the Avs are in a great place. We're looking forward to a fun season. Uh, it's a season in which, assuming good health, when it's all said and done, I, I expect the Avs to be right there uh, competing for a Stanley Cup. Yeah, there are some question marks. Yeah, there are some unknowns uh, that we need to see how it plays out as the season goes along and gets started. But I, I keep coming back to this. This is a, a core of, of players that... I don't think can be matched by anybody else in the NHL. Again, um, I, I welcome your comments here during the course of this podcast. Uh, you can reach out to me at Mike Evans 104.3. You can hit me up during our Schlereth and Evans show and say, hey, uh, dummy, I saw your, your Mile High Hockey podcast. I think this team has a better core. Well, we can debate that. We can argue that. But I'm going to go with the Avs, and maybe that's a homer pick. But I, I think I have a lot of people around the NHL world that would uh, agree with me. Uh, last stop, by the way, on, on Val Nachuskin. Uh Hey, look, I, I would have preferred to have – had a little bit more transparency about what went on with Val and why he was not with the team during that uh, the bulk of that Seattle series. Uh, I know there are plenty of you out there who are like, hey, nothing to see here. We move on. Uh, it's none of our business. Uh, it's a closed matter. Forget about it. Well, it's not so easy for me because I do believe that with Val Nachuskin engaged and there and present for the entire Seattle series, I believe the Avs win that series. And when you look at what ended up happening in the playoffs last year, look at a Florida team that barely got into the playoffs, ends up going to the Stanley Cup Finals. Look at a Vegas team that for most of last year eh, really wasn't being talked up as a, a heavy, heavy Stanley Cup favorite. They end up lifting the cup. So... My point was and is is that you get past Seattle, you know, who knows what the rest of the playoffs look like. So to not have Val there under very murky circumstances, um, you know, to, to me, I, I think that, you know, for Avalanche fans out there, you spend a lot of money on this hockey team. You invest financially, emotionally. Uh, I, I, all I know is that compared to some of the other teams in town, if a key, key player on that team all of a sudden disappeared during the playoffs and you could feel like it had a big, profound effect on that team losing in the playoffs, I think a lot more would have been made of it and more transparency would have been demanded. We didn't get that with Val. Both sides have... Kind of, you know, circle the circle the wagons, and we're not going to get any more. Okay, fine. So now it's up to Val to go out and, and play at a level that um, makes people forget about what happened last spring even more. And uh, if he does that, if he plays like he's capable of, and, hey, uh, a healthy, engaged Val Nachuskin is easily one of the top 20 players in the NHL. So hopefully he is ready to return play good hockey, um, and the Avs can can move on as if nothing happened last uh, last spring. And that's up to Val. And I think the play I think what I gather from the fans is that you are uh, more than willing to give Val another shot and by let bygones be bygones, but something tells me if he doesn't perform, doesn't play up to expectations, uh, some of you out there might correctly ask hey you know what what what's the deal val after what happened last spring i think you kind of owe it to us and to the, the 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 team to bring it a lot stronger than you are right now but hey listen that's that's down the road stuff 
I don't even want to step into the role of any kind of negative feelings right now. It's a new season. Hope springs eternal. Heck, before a rocky season starts, I'm optimistic. And you know what a lost cause that is. So when it comes to the Avs, there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic as we get this thing started. They are the Stanley Cup favorite, and I feel real strong about the idea that when it's all said and done, the Avs are going to be right there uh, battling for a Stanley Cup. It's a long season, folks. Buckle in. 82 long games in the regular season before we even get to the playoffs. So a lot of hockey coming your way. We're excited to be here. We're going to be doing two Mile High Hockey podcasts every single week. We're going to have great guests throughout the course of the uh, year to chop it up and talk hockey, both Avalanche hockey and the NHL. So we look forward to it as we uh, embark on this journey together. So that'll do it. Episode number one of the Mile High Hockey podcast. We'll see you again later in the week.